Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Good morning. It is Podcast Friday. And I'm sitting in my room. And it's raining, which is very odd for here. And I don't have Rumi on my lap today. I think I've done pretty much every podcast since he's been born with him on my lap. He's still into that at times, but is obviously growing up and has wanted to be set down to sleep when he's tired, which is a funny thing that a lot of my babies have done that I think people are surprised by. But that's why there's so many of them is usually my response because they really all have been such easy babies. And I know not everybody has that experience of being able to set a baby down awake and they go to sleep. But that's my two cent parenting tip this morning before I get into a placenta podcast. Uh, Oh, wait, one more announcement that I think many of you will appreciate and I hope participate in. I am going to try offering a Midwife Monday video every Monday, starting this coming Monday. And I don't know what the heck the date is. Let's see. Must be January 25th, 2021. And it could be the kind of thing that goes on for quite a while if it feels worth it to me. And people are responding to it positively. Um. Yeah, so the way to watch this free Midwife Monday, where I will just kind of blab about maybe the week's events, or I don't know yet, themes that come up possibly in prenatal visits I'm having with pregnant women. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to come and see what I talk about, I guess. Um, That information, as far as where the video is, will be on our social platform, So I've been putting out the plea in all of our various channels to please join us on our social platform because it is free and it is a really, really awesome community. Uh, We have a couple thousand members at this point and really there has been no funny business. There have been no weirdos (laughs) and no trolls. Um, I can think of like two accounts I've had to delete in many months. It has been really beautiful. And the women that are coming there are primarily coming at the moment for the 13 Moons course, which is held on this platform. However, don't be confused. You can still join the platform for free and then be able to watch these Midwife Monday videos. Uh, But while I'm at it, you know, why aren't you in 13 Moons? Because it's pay what you will. And if you're a birth worker, even you're going to learn a ton, even if you're not pregnant even if you're never going to be pregnant and you just want to know about birth. So I guess that is my actual announcement is 
you should really join our 13 moons. It's an epic course. It has probably 50 hours of content and we're asking for a donation of whatever you can pay. So if you do that, uh, indiebirth.org forward slash 13 moons and the number 13 moons, then you will automatically be on the platform because that's where the class is. So all's to say, get on our platform, take advantage of these sweet offerings that we are, I think, being extremely generous with. Uh, the 13 Moons is a course that is normally $4.99, and we're offering it as a pay what you will to be determined. I'm not sure how long, but I think there's no reason not to take advantage of it, duh, right? If you are interested at all and you want to be in our community. So now's the time. And then, like I said, you'll see the link for this Midwife Monday as a post, as an event. And I'm going to do it every Monday unless, I don't know, unless that seems like too much, unless I get tired of it, who knows. But I'm excited to start on Monday and I've been just contemplating how to do it, you know, how to make it fun, how to make it worth watching and how to not make it too long and draining for myself, frankly, because then I won't want to do it. And I already had this commitment of podcast Friday. And yeah, I don't want to overcommit myself. um, Even if I'm not attending births right now, time is precious. So moving on to the actual podcast of the day, why I love placenta birth. This is just a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I was thinking this morning that to me, it feels a little repetitive in a sense, because it's something I'm talking about a lot (laughs) with my clients. uh, We have a webinar, I'll talk more about how to manifest an undisturbed third stage that I first taught at the Indie Birth Retreat a couple years ago and is now a webinar that you can watch uh, yourself, buy and watch. Um, so yeah, it's like not new to me, but I think it is still new to a lot of people listening. And in these hundreds of podcasts, I don't have one on this topic. I do have a podcast on postpartum hemorrhage, which of course is related to this topic. And that podcast is extremely popular and has been for many years. So that's one to dig out of our archives if you haven't heard it. And I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the postpartum hemorrhage deception or something like that. And I think that has been really useful. So where did this love come from? I do love placentas, but this isn't actually about me loving placentas. It's about me loving the birth of the placenta. And who knows, in a way, like how we wind up (laughs) talking about these things in life. I was reflecting on that this morning, just as a younger person, if anybody had told me that I would be talking about how much I love placenta birth, you know, in my 40s, I would have just thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. Um, But you know, I think what, what draws us to the topics that interest us, or, or I'll speak for myself, what draws me to the topic of placenta birth is a sense of freedom, Um, in that process that I have developed and I love to teach and truth. So I think really for me, any topic that makes me feel that way is something I want to talk about. So this podcast is for uh, midwife students, student midwives. I think it's for midwives if you want to listen. I think we can all always be learning and discussing things like this. 
and just women. Every time this comes up on our social platform, in person, blah, 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 Instagram, people are really engaged and usually excited because on the flip side of freedom and truth, we have trauma and I don't know, insert your word there, that mean a lot of women are damaged when it comes to birth and placenta birth. There's so many women. And it doesn't matter if they've had home births or whatever, unassisted births even. There's this mystery around placenta birth. And there's a lot of fear. So even for women that feel pretty powerful, they feel educated. This doesn't always go so smoothly. And it could be and I want to talk about these things, just the lack of knowledge, the lack of taking charge of this part of birth as women. And then on the midwife side, because I wanted to talk from that perspective more this year on podcasts, this idea that we need to save women when it comes to placenta birth. And I think that's a very old school and not in a good way, old school belief and practice that is still very much happening all over the world by midwives. So that's who this is for. And I, yeah, I don't think anybody um, is sort of exempt from needing to know this if they're going to birth or if they're walking with women. I don't think it's optional, frankly, because you're here most likely and you're, you know, you follow our, our stuff and whatever, because you resonate with this idea of women owning their birth experience, you know, being free. That's what indie birth is all about. So my question to you is, if you haven't considered placenta birth as a part of this process, why not? And are you willing to? And my guess is most of you probably are. And that's why you're here. So let's go on with it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my own experience with placenta birth and bleeding so that you know where I'm coming from. And if you've heard this, well, here it is again. First birth, everybody knows, was a hospital birth. Don't remember a damn thing about placenta birth. Isn't that sad? I know a lot of women have had that experience, especially in the hospital. What the heck happened to my placenta? How did it even get out? I have no memory. So what I'm sure happened is they gave me Pitocin and they did a managed third stage and they literally pulled it out. That's 99% chance that's what happened to me. And that's what happened to a lot of women that don't recall. Now, I must not have been bleeding or I would have some kind of memory of that. So, you know, it was normal for that scenario, but I didn't own it. I didn't even participate at all. And I have no memory of it. (laughs) Right. I didn't even know, I don't know that I knew what a placenta was, to be honest, back then, or, you know, what, I didn't know anything. Let's just leave it there. So on to my first home birth, and my son, Egan, was born in the birth pool, kind of at the last second, um, for whatever reason. I mean, I had never had a home birth, so I was sort of taken by surprise. My midwife, I think, was a little dramatic and was kind of running from birth to birth. So maybe she was tired. I don't know. 
he came out in the birth pool. The birth pool was really hot because we hadn't cooled it down in time. And I remember her panicking about my bleeding after the baby was out. Now, again, I did not own this placenta birth. I don't remember what happened here either, except probably the same. She gave me Pitocin uh, in injection in my leg. I remember that. And then I'm guessing she kind of pulled the placenta out, just like my hospital birth. I had no awareness. But I do remember the feeling of fear. I remember just sort of the way her face looked and the way she quickly moved to the Pitocin. And of course, as a midwife, I have a billion critiques of this now, but that's irrelevant, really. That was the birth experience I had. I don't remember feeling badly. I don't think I was bleeding too much now that I know more. But for whatever reason, you know, she thought that was necessary, which I'm not really going to go into that because that's a postpartum hemorrhage topic. And you could listen to that podcast. So the point is, I didn't own either of them. I was totally checked out for both of those births when the placenta came. Third birth, uh, I was a midwife student. So I knew more, but I still didn't know anything. And, you know, as preceptor to students, um, I don't know everything either. Like, there are going to be many gaps that my students have as well. It's just the nature of this beast because it's a huge huge world to learn and we're always learning and all of that. But I'm super surprised looking back that the preceptor, the midwife I worked with, had no discussion. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what she knew in her head. But as far as me being the student, we never had a discussion about like, this is how placenta birth works. Never, nothing. In fact, my job as a student at that point, I certainly wasn't ready to, you know, catch babies. But at some point as a student, I got the job of helping, excuse me, get the placenta out. (laughs) So yeah, that was my job as a student. And I mean, I wasn't told to like pull on them or anything crazy, but to facilitate and to like be there with the mom. And, um, you know, that honestly, that role is something I have sort of passed down to my students too. Like, I don't think it's crazy for someone to just like be present for those moments, but we'll talk about how that now looks different. But it it didn't look the way it does now for me as a midwife, as a student. Um, So I, I was to facilitate by asking her, you know, are you, are you having contractions? Do you, you know, do you need help? And guarding the uterus and helping guide out the placenta in most cases, because those moms, and this was, you know, 15 years ago, these moms weren't being educated on how it works or how to own it. So even though they were home births, we were sort of doing it. I mean, not entirely. We were really involved. So that's where I came from as a student. And I didn't question it because I didn't know any better. And I'd never seen anything else. I apprenticed with a couple of people. They pretty much did it like that. And Again, um, postpartum hemorrhage is related. I did see a fair amount of hemorrhages as a student. So again, you know better, you do better. It doesn't mean we know all the things. doesn't mean there aren't areas I could rethink in my own practice. But that was one that I definitely have. uh, Because, yeah, looking back, that all seems really strange. You know, why, why do we trust women to get the baby out? And then we let them check out? Like, what is that? We don't even require them to finish it. And I think that's one of the most blunt ways of even talking about this. You know, you have a baby, great. Now finish the process. 
Only you can do that. And why would you want anyone else to do that? So, um, so that birth, my third birth, when I was a student, uh, same thing. I don't really remember. What I do remember, and I've shared this, is the birth pool was quite bloody, the birth pool that I birthed Tallulah in. But I was fine. So it was like a repeat of vegan's birth. And I, to this day, don't really know what that's about because um, as I share more of my stories, and I won't, I don't need to go through all of them, but I'm not a bleeder at all. I don't bleed at all. But for those two births, I did, but I was fine. So, um, you know, I'm sure that was on purpose. Thank you, universe, for being just part of my evolution and my path to understand all of this better. So I remember the pool being really bloody. In fact, her birth video, I believe, is on YouTube. (laughs) It's really bloody. But I was fine. I was fine. It was not a hemorrhage, totally stable. But I remember the fear in the room. So I'm sure they kind of helped facilitate that placenta birth too. So I didn't own that one either. Okay, now fourth birth. And many of you have heard this or read it in our book. My son Rune, who was my fourth, uh, was a transport after birth. Little dramatic, kind of like Rumi's birth, Rune and Rumi. Weird labor, a midwife I apprenticed with who I wasn't really connected with and our relationship had started getting pretty rocky. So to have her at the birth was my mistake. And Rune came out and his soul was not in his body. He looked very bad and he was not okay. So that's not what I want to focus on because, yeah, there's a lot there. The point being that we called EMS. They came. um, And by that point, he really was doing better. I did decide to transport. So, you know, here I am naked standing in my room uh, with my baby the midwife had cut the cord stupidly. So he was not attached to the placenta. And the guy who was driving the EMS ambulance looked at me and he said, I don't have room for both of you. Um, Cause they were going to have to helicopter us. So that's, that's really what they didn't have room for. Didn't have room in the helicopter for me and Rune. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not going, I'm not, my, no, my baby is not going without me. And so the guy said, well, okay, you can come, but you better not bleed on me because it's just me and I won't be able to help you. (laughs) Compassionate. No, he was probably a nice guy. And actually it was great. That was an an awesome thing to say because I was determined to stay with my son and I was standing there with the cord hanging out of me and I just said, hand me a bowl. And I got my own placenta out and I didn't bleed at all. And I put on my clothes and I said, okay, I'm ready. And I will not bleed because I'm not going to do that. And I knew I wouldn't. My body was completely dedicated to being with my baby. So what a cool thing, huh? Like I was basically forced into birthing my own placenta. Um, And the traumatic, you know, the trauma of having my baby come out not breathing and all of that was not fun. But when I look at it now, 12 years later, uh, I'm sincerely grateful. Obviously, it all worked out. And again, I got this amazing kick in the ass to take ownership of this part. And with the midwife that I had there, honestly, if it had been different, like I had remained home, 
I don't know what she would have done with me if I hadn't claimed that because she was very bossy. And like I said, we saw a lot of hemorrhages in her practice. So, you know, the universe was totally looking out for me and wanted to show me that I didn't need anybody for that. And that was mind blowing to me. And at that moment, I fell in love with placenta birth. Again, that birth was traumatic in its own way. And the trauma comes from the fact that I didn't own the rest of it. Um, I pushed my baby out. He wasn't breathing. And I let, in quotes, I let this midwife um, decide we should transport, even though, again, in hindsight, I don't know that that was really needed. Um, so anyway, that's a whole separate discussion about trauma and how we can give our power away and how yucky that feels. But again, that wasn't the case with this placenta birth. So, you know, it was a highlight. It really was like so grateful for my baby. He was a beautiful baby. I just brought him right home after the transport. So um, I was, you know, super grateful for all that. But the placenta birth was a highlight and was a teaching moment for me in my life. So uh, after that, something clicked like in my body in my brain and I still wasn't at the point of well I wasn't a midwife yet I was almost it was almost on my own um, when Rune was a couple months old I was free of my apprenticeship for lack of a better word and I started my own practice but certainly it was many years many years because really there are more years that I didn't teach women about their placentas and, and have them own that than there have been years that I've been doing that. That's the truth at this moment. It's only been probably, I don't know, three or four years that it has become important to me to teach and watch, like watch women own that. Even though, as I'm sharing, my experience actually owning it myself was 12 years ago. Let's see. Um, so from there, well, funny, I mean, if we're going to get into details, it, this almost doesn't make sense, but I'll share it anyway. My next birth was Belgium. She's my fifth baby. Her birth was like so friggin' easy, breezy, just like her. My midwife and friend Diane was my midwife. She's coming up from Phoenix. She barely got there. She literally got there 10 minutes before Belgium was born. And I don't know, it's really interesting to think back on who I was as a person at these births because I'm not the same person I am now. And so I had this great birth. I totally did not need her. And that was great because, you know, runes had been so eventful. But then I remember like asking her to get my placenta out. <laughs> what the heck was wrong with me? Okay, but what was different for me was that I wasn't afraid I was going to bleed. Right, because I had had that fear from my previous births, not runes, but the other ones. I had always had it in the back of my mind, like, what's wrong with you, Marin? Why do you bleed? Why is the pool red? Even though I had felt fine. So I kind of had this complex that I was a bleeder. In fact, uh, there's a blog post out there that I've written a long time ago. Um, it's called something like, I don't know, Reflections from a Former Afterbirth Bleeder or something like that. I don't know. You could Google it. So in other words, I mean, I did at some point in my life and Belgium's birth or Rune and Belgium, both of those births were the light bulb, the light bulb of like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. And I actually don't bleed. So I don't know what that was about. 
But as far as owning her placenta birth, I don't know. I really don't know why I did it. I think, I think, and this is interesting and another topic, um, I think I just looked to Diane as more of an authority, frankly, than an equal. Um, you know, Diane is in her 60s now. She's a brilliant midwife. She's a CNM. She's, you know, one of the smartest people I know. I adore her. But I think I gave her too much, you know, too much there. Like, why would she need to do that? Maybe she had said something. I really don't know. But I willingly, you know, had her involvement. Like, just get the placenta out, Diane. I think there's even a picture of it. And it's kind of embarrassing just to, like, have checked out and not cared so much. But at the same time, I don't know. It was just part of that story. And it is what it is. And it's, it really, you know, taught me so much. And, you know, Diane is amazing. Um, I haven't ever had her again at a live birth of mine, even though she's one of my dearest friends. And that has nothing to do with her. You know, that has to do with me just knowing how I respond to certain people. And uh, she was at Sable's birth, which was our miscarriage. And that was amazing. She was just totally valuable. And, you know, she's valuable no matter what, but valuable to me. So that's kind of the blab of the first part of my births, um, the first five out of 10 and how that looked for me. And then to sum up the last five, um, the placenta birth was amazing. As in stellar, as in makes me feel like the most powerful version of myself, which I think is saying a lot when you just passed ahead through your vagina, <laughs> right? So we do this amazing thing. It sounds silly, but if you if you've experienced it, you know, burning your own placenta, owning that, not looking to anyone, not bleeding, just kind of like getting it done, not being scared because you work through your shit. It's a really good feeling. And you know, that's just my story, my stories. I don't know that everybody needs to think about it this much. That's totally cool too. Um, there are plenty of people out there, women out there, who really don't know too much, and that's fine. You know, it serves them all, unassisted births and such, and they don't really even think about it. They don't know anything, but the placenta just comes out and all is well, and maybe this all sounds like an overkill. But again, I think from the perspective of a birth worker, if you are one, it's really valuable to talk about these things and have women know that that is theirs and how and the webinar really i'm not going to get into the how today but the how comes from the webinar um, how do we help women own that what sort of the method and uh, that webinar is i think one of our best teaching products that is um well it probably is part of the school too but you know outside of being an ibms student i think it's one of the best classes that we offer if for no other reason then i don't know of another class like it so um, I didn't invent this, though. You know, it's not like I'm the first person ever to share with women that they should birth their own placentas. But I think actually putting it into practice is somewhat unique, but something that, you know, should be more widespread and, you know, isn't, isn't mine to keep. It is mine to share so that we can all help women be more powerful in their birth experiences. So like I said, the second five of my births were all like kick-ass, powerful with birthing placentas to where I really look forward to it, you know? And again, love holding that squishy, slippery baby. 
Um, but then I want to finish it. You know, I want to be done. Um, I want the placenta out and I don't expect anyone to help. I've never to this day, you know, with any of those births, looked to Margot or needed anything or bled. And again, I think that comes back to the how. I think that comes back to education. And if you've had experiences where you haven't owned that or you've bled or both, um, you got to reprogram yourself, you know, and you've got to like feel it and you've got to manifest it essentially, which is why the webinar is called Manifesting an Undisturbed Third Stage, because there's no reason, there's absolutely no reason that we can't do that. So I have been blessed to have that experience five times, which I think is also unique. Most people don't even have five babies, much less 10. And to own, you know, five, half of those placenta births feels pretty amazing to me. And some of them are on video. So Davis is on video. Um, True has some awesome photos of me owning it. And that was the first time I really did that. And so those photos are really amazing to me. There's one where I'm holding him and kind of like squatting over a bowl and holding my finger up to like, I don't know who, Margo or Jason, probably like, hey, dudes, give me a minute here um, and do this thing. So I like that photo. But the videos obviously are super cool because they're great teaching tools. And since then, I've worked harder to video the placenta births of many of my clients that are up for it. And so, you know, if they're up for sharing that, we have so many to share. In fact, there's a whole bunch in the webinar um, of clients of mine that have said, yeah, sure, go for it. And it's just cool. You know, it's like no big deal. Although some of them, there's a little more conversation or there's a little more like, okay, we'll try this. Uh, not that there's a rush, but you know, the whole thing, there's no rush. I'm not going to go into all of that, but it's really powerful to see when to do that. So yeah, there's videos of Davis and Cove's inner 13 wounds, I think, because both of their birth videos are in there. And yeah, and even Rumi's who was born on the hospital table. Um, someone asked me the other day, did you, would you say that was a hospital birth? Ah, side note. No, I really wouldn't. I would say it was an amazing undisturbed birth that happened on a hospital table because hospital birth is a label that really does imply a certain kind of thing. Like, let's be real. And I didn't have that experience. I didn't have any of those things. So no, I would not call it a hospital birth, um, even though it happened at a hospital on a hospital table. But that placenta birth video is on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't been to our YouTube in a while, um, yeah, you could check that out. And it's like 20 seconds. And it's so no big deal, except I'm in a hospital wearing my own robe and I ask them to hand me a bowl. And when the placenta is ready, I push it into a bowl and just keep it next to me. So, you know, it's so no big deal. But uh, in that setting, I think it is pretty unusual. And that was really amazing. Not just to do it that way, not to do, you know, not just to do it there, but to even have, you know, whoever that doctor was and the nurses kind of watching and respecting that and not being fearful, which I've really congratulated them, even though, the, even though they don't know it, I've congratulated them many times on my podcast since Jimmy's birth just that they were so not exuding fear. 
So I think that is really important if you're a midwife, if you're a student, um, I don't know, even if you're a doula or even if you're having an unassisted birth, releasing, well, educating yourself, learning about the physiology, like what actually is happening when the baby is out? You know, what is, what is our body doing? Where does the placenta go? These are all questions that we talk about in the webinar, so I don't want to you know, I don't want to redo the webinar here. That's silly. But there is a way our bodies do it. And so if you understand that, then you really shouldn't be confused. And that's the other thing, right? On one hand, I'm like, oh, this is just like normal, right? Simple. Watch someone birth their placenta. Duh. There are so many questions that people have because they don't have the information and or they haven't experience it in their body, which I would say is the best teacher if you're connected to that awareness of what's happening. For example, feeling the placenta in your body. Uh, I don't know how someone doesn't feel that, except they haven't made the connection, which is understandable. I've just had the blessing of having so many births that I couldn't miss it if I tried. I couldn't miss knowing the placenta was ready to come, you know, no matter what. Um, but the fear and such, although, what was I talking about? My brain totally spaced out. Oh, well, just the education around what's happening so that you know what to do. Um, because it's not completely intuitive. There's no fetal, there's no placenta ejection reflex. Let's put it that way. So I think that's a huge free birth myth or something. Um, women that are like, I learned all this stuff <clears throat> about birth, but they didn't learn anything about the placenta or the placenta birth. And like I said, some just pop out, no big deal. But of all the births I've supported from afar that are free births, and I've done that quite a few times. So, you know, kind of like people that are doing virtual prenatals, maybe they live in another state or another country, and you're not watching the birth or anything, but they'll call if they have a thing come up. And so of all the births, um, most of them, if they called, were all around the placenta, every single one. And it's not because the woman was bleeding. They, the typical phone call from someone in that situation is, I have the baby, everything's fine, but the placenta hasn't come out and it's been whatever, six hours. 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours, you name it. And people have that experience. So while I always try to leave room for something, I don't understand the mystery of birth, um, leaving room for that, I would say that a placenta that is still inside after a couple of hours is not physiological. And I'm not saying that's a problem, like there's anything wrong if someone isn't bleeding. But it's a it shows a lack of understanding and possibly connection, right, depending on the person. But like I said, there's no placenta ejection reflex. So it's not just going to plop out and people that think it's going to and it doesn't will just have it sit there. And I chuckle at it now. I mean, I'm not trying to be obnoxious. But just because it's something that comes our way so often, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to not address it. But 
hence the webinar. Um, so yeah, free birthers that are like, well, I had my placenta, you know, I didn't deliver my placenta for 24 hours and they're proud of themselves, which cool, you know, yay, you didn't freak out, you didn't run to the hospital, but you also didn't understand how this works because 99% chance your placenta was just sitting there inside your body. Um, so what does it matter? 12 hours, 24 hours. It simply wasn't uh, gotten out because you didn't know that there it sat. So I don't know if that makes any sense. And maybe no one cares, you know, who cares if you're gonna, if you want to say your placenta was in there for 48 hours, and you feel really awesome about it, go for it. But in my teaching of people that I'm working with, that's ridiculous. Why would I want them to have a placenta inside for 48 hours? There's no benefit to that. Um, you're not rushing anything at that point, because the process is completed. You just haven't pushed it out because you probably don't know that it's sitting there. And there are other sort of like rare scenarios for sure, where placentas get kind of suctioned in there and they really do require quite a bit of effort and or time. So that's not even part of the mystery. The mystery, I don't even know about that. Um, but my point being that I think it's great to, to tell your story however you want, but I'm talking about owning it. And if you feel you owned it in that scenario, cool. I'm just saying that I think there's a lack of education that leads people to kind of these tall tales about placenta birth. And while that's their business, on a larger scale, our goal is to educate women and have them like truly understand physiology and connect with their bodies. So to me, when those two things are in order, you're not going to have a placenta in there for more than a couple of hours. You're just not unless, you know, again, you're part of some really, really tiny group of something else going on, but you're not. That's just not the way we were made. And it sort of doesn't make any sense if you think about how other mammals do it, right? So your body, in theory, does want to finish the process. Uh, so you can be with your baby and in more of the animal kingdom, right? You would want to not be that vulnerable. You really would want it out and be done. And so I don't think it's physiological to, to do that, to have a placenta in for longer than it needs to be. And yeah, it's totally a variation of normal sometimes. And we're all different. So I know in my experience with my last five, where I was engaged, I was educated, I was connected, I wasn't scared, all the things, my placentas released within minutes, minutes, and then birthed, you know, within another couple of minutes. So all said and done, birthed within 10 minutes of the baby being born. And again, we're not all the same. And the births I attend are not all like that. And they're still normal. So um, if you're interested in how and the physiology and, and more of what I'm talking about, the webinar would be a great thing for you. And that's IndieBirth.org forward slash third stage and, and spell out third, T-H-I-R-D. Uh, because there really is a lot to say. And, I, and, and uh, as I said, I didn't want this to be a repeat of the webinar. More my thoughts and feelings around why it's important and why I love it so much. So I think some issues that can come up when placentas don't 
come out in what we would think is a reasonable amount of time. And I'm not talking about this weird medical model thing and midwife protocols. I'm talking about, you know, what I explain kind of as the, you know, the, um, what am I trying to say? The weird scenario <laughs> where someone's like, it's been in 24 hours. Um, yeah, that's usually not physiological. It's not to say it's not normal, but it's, it's not really the way our bodies are made to work. So most of the time, as I said, it's just a lack of the way of the knowledge of the way things work. It's kind of a like checking out perhaps, right? The baby's here, even if it's a free birth, I mean, maybe even more so. You're just like so in love with your baby. You just want to be with the baby and you don't really think about what's next. And you don't think about the fact that the placenta is completing the process. Um, sometimes there's definitely, I think, fear when women are holding a placenta in and maybe they do understand the way it works and all of that but yeah they just have some things around that and maybe it's a previous birth maybe it's a previous hemorrhage who knows sometimes there is something wacky going on and uh, medical help is needed right a placenta is not coming and it's not ever coming for whatever bizarre reason being abnormally attached to the uterus is one, which is an absolutely frightening scenario if you ask me. But those happen, especially, um, yeah, I mean, they can happen to anyone, really. But women that have had uterine surgeries, um, sometimes like assisted pregnancies seem like they have more placental issues. So again, I'm not saying that 100% of placentas are going to fit into this like perfect, normal, undisturbed scenario. There definitely are rare times where help is needed of one kind or another. And sometimes it's medical help. And then sometimes in the kind of births that I attend, someone does need more help. And there's no judgment on that. Uh, they've learned because if they're working with me, they know. And maybe they want to own it. That's their plan. But something else comes up and they want some help. And so we can totally do that. And I think there's totally a way to still respect a woman, to still allow her to own it as much as possible and still help. You know, we can give some core attraction. Um, we can, you know, that's pretty much all we would do, but we can be more involved and that's okay too. So it doesn't always work out where the woman just totally does this on her own. But I think it's still important to provide the education and the support. And, you know, if I'm involved in helping, still, even just energetically, um, it's hers, you know, it's hers and as much as she can participate. And yeah, I usually trust the way that all works out because I'm not stepping in all of the time routinely to do a thing. And that's another thing the webinar is good at explaining is, you know, what is active management and where did that come from? And why is that the normal, you know, even at home births uh, or even partially managed, you know, where did that all come from? So obviously there's lots more topics to get into and um, yeah, 
One thing I wanted to just, I think, sort of finish up on or up with is this idea of pulling on placentas and just talk a little bit about where that came from. So, as you would learn in the webinar, um, active third stage is somebody managing, you know, they're not waiting for the woman's body to release the placenta, they're giving pharmaceuticals, and they're basically like making the process happen. So that's the short version there. So in that short version, a care provider is central, really. And, you know, you can kind of picture in your head how that might look. And to me, that was probably my first birth. Like, I'm flat on my back, on a hospital bed, I just had this baby. I don't even know what happened. So what happened? Well, like I said, they gave me Pitocin and then they pulled the placenta out for lack of a better way of describing it. That's what it was. It was pulling it out. That's how they get them out. And I'd love to think that they do that so often that they're careful in all the ways that you sort of can be, meaning you're not pulling someone's uterus out too. And, you know, it's still dangerous. Don't get me wrong. So that's pulling. And so as we teach women, let's say they're planning a hospital birth and they have a birth plan, right? That's a lot of women. Those women are being taught, maybe by doulas or whatever, uh, to not let their care provider pull in the placenta, right? So they're being taught like a tiny piece of this in some places, which is cool. Not enough because they can't really own it. And they're sort of focused on the negative, which is like, don't do this thing, which is never, I think, the best way to have a birth plan, but whatever. Um, so yeah, women know enough in some cases to be like, oh, I don't want my doctor to pull my placenta out because pulling is bad. It's like, yes, <laughs> pulling is bad. And I agree with you, you know, little, little baby stuff. So blah, that. Now, fast forward to the image or go watch a video, go watch one of our videos, uh, go watch Cove's birth and watch how I guide the placenta out of my own body. I'm holding on to the cord because that's the only thing to hold on to that's attached to the placenta. And there is some guiding. Our bodies aren't straight shoots inside. So if you haven't had the experience of guiding a placenta out of your own body, you may not even know what I'm talking about. So you'll have to trust me on this one. But if you're guiding your own placenta out and it doesn't just come, you know, right out, then you kind of have to hold the cord and guide it, guide it through your body. And so if you're watching this video of Cove's birth, and you should totally just go do it if you're curious, um, let's see, it's indiebirth.org forward slash full birth of Cove River. And if you, you know, watch the birth, keep going somewhere in there is me birthing the placenta. So what I'm trying to say is it looks like I'm pulling. And if I had a penny for every person that watched that placenta video, like on Instagram, and sorry for being kind of rude, but like made the stupid comments that I pulled on my own placenta, I would be rich. 
Um, and, you know, I guess it's aggravating because it's just personal to me. Like, I took it personally because it was my beautiful birth. And, of course, I wasn't pulling on my placenta. What is that? How could I do that? You know, that's like, um, let's see, what to compare that to? I don't know. Like, just if there was something you needed to take care of in your own body and you were conscious, you would instinctively not make it worse. Like, that's just the way humans work, right? So it, to me, it's the same thing. So you're intuitively guiding your placenta out. There is no one talking to me. There is no one telling me. Um, I'm completely in control of my body. I know what I'm feeling. I've done this a million times, which of course, you know, I don't expect people to know if they just like happen upon this video. Um, anyway, so yeah, people saying, but, but she's pulling on her placenta. That's so bad. How dumb. What a stupid video to show women. It's like, um, who's the stupid one? I don't think you understand. You're taking a medical model thing. And again, it's not wrong. Like, yes, don't pull on a placenta, but you're applying it to a scenario so far from your understanding, frankly, um, and our cultural understanding. Like, it's not necessarily personal. I get it. Our cultural teachings do not include the intuitive processes of women. So it's almost like a foreign language, you know, to watch that or to watch any woman birthing her placenta undisturbed, totally connected to her body, her intuition, her knowing, all of that. To watch that and to put this strange label on it is just a reflection of where we're at because it's like the wrong piece. It's like the wrong piece put on the wrong thing, but yet I can't understand why people do that. And again, it's a complete disconnect culturally of our own um, awareness of how we can be with our bodies. And I think what the optimum state of our relationship to our bodies um, is, no matter what, placenta birth or just normal life. So um, it does piss me off. I'll be honest. Honestly, I have been honest, um, but I know it's not about me. And I think it's still a great teaching moment. Like I will put that video out probably... Uh, so many more times in my life to be like, here, watch this. And I think the stupid comments to people that are open are just a way of educating and getting people more in touch. So I guess my parting words with that is it's not pulling if you're guiding your own placenta out, no matter how it looks to someone else. Sometimes you do need a little more than you think you do. And you're not going to pull your own uterus out. I mean, it's just not going to happen unless you're being told what to do or someone else is doing it or you don't feel confident or you're panicking. I mean, sure. But in the best of situations, it is not the same thing. It's like apples and oranges. So that's something I wish people would stop saying. But they're not going to stop saying until everyone gets a little more educated about this topic and, again, um, more intuitive and more connected. So my positive parting words are this is an opportunity for so much growth in our pregnancies and births. This is an opportunity for true connection, I think, with our bodies and, I dare say, all of the things that are bigger than us, like our higher, our, our higher selves. It really is that important to me. 
it is a connection for, or connection, it is an opportunity for a connection and just truth and being so present. And again, just this idea of finishing the process. Um, I think that's how it makes the most sense to my body now, you know, uh, why would I give that away? Why did I give that away? I don't know. And I wonder if I could really go back and I don't know that I can and sort of feel how maybe even my postpartum experience was different as a result of not owning it. Right. Because completion is so important to our bodies. I think like our bodies are constantly going through cycles and completing a cycle is part of nature. So I wonder for myself, and I don't really have the answer to that, but I know that, yeah, it's made me feel really awesome in all of the births that I've known to do that. And the placenta itself, of course, is super special. Um, and I'm not going to go into all that, but yeah, a new, a new honor for that organ and its abilities and the whole orchestration there, right? It's fantastic. A cord, a weird long thing <laughs> attached to this big meaty thing. Uh, this is what grows our babies and we do this. We grow it. We don't have to think to grow it. We just grow it right alongside a baby and it is the lifeline. So a healthy dose of respect for that for sure and the brilliance of our bodies. And again, just the brilliance that allows us to complete this process to own it. That's my point today. All right. Have a beautiful day. Be sure to join us over on that social platform, uh, indiebirth.org forward slash 13 moons. And you do want to have the number there. So the number 13 moons, you can donate what you want and then plop, you'll wind up on our social. And if you just want to go check out the social, then it's social.indiebirth.org. And you'll need the Mighty Networks app if you're going to do it on your phone. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I want to hear your thoughts on placenta birth if you want to share and or any future topics since I've been so diligent in these Friday podcasts. Either of those things and, and anything else you want to share can come to me at mary at indiebirth.org.